Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome. I can see Dave Crew just joining us. So welcome, Dave. Morning. Morning. Uh, nice to hear morning. you. Yeah. Um, and uh, Andy and uh, Jess and Joe and the Kelly and uh, the Bubble Bubble and Claire. It's great to see you all, Jeanette. So we're today is Palm Sunday, so uh, we we really are beginning to. Uh, I hope you are beginning to get that feeling of, of preparing our hearts. Uh, ready for Easter and uh, so Palm Sunday is is the day when we we really begin to focus so I'm going to share a prayer for us all to pray together Um, you're all muted at the moment so that's fine Uh, I will lead but just pray together with me as we um, share this prayer so it starts with a quotation from uh, Zechariah, which is picked up in, in the Gospels. So let's let's read this together. <clears throat> Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. As the people spread their coats, palm branches on the ground to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem. So we welcome him into our lives this morning. King of glory, King of peace, servant King, reign in our hearts and lives this day and all days that we might praise your holy name. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. 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 So, what a great day. And immediately we want to hand over to Ellie, who is going to lead us in our Palm Sunday family time and then also lead us in worship. So, thank you, Ellie. Morning, everyone. A bit earlier this morning, eh? <laughs> Loads of people still uh, joining us, maybe a little bit, little bit late, uh, but um, it's nice to see you all. Um, so, yep, as uh, Dad said, it's Palm Sunday, so our family time is um, Palm Sunday based. And you are going to need, uh, after we've done the story, you're going to need a uh, piece of A4 paper, scrap paper will do, some scissors and some sellotape. So uh, if you can source those at some point, we'll do the story first and then we will uh, use those after after the story. Um, so without further ado, um, we, Emily and I have uh, created um, another media extravaganza uh, and Emily um, is going to read the story whilst we watch um, the tale unfold on the screens. 
Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage uh, and Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their coat, cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. A very large crowd spreads their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So lots of animals that you didn't realise were there at the time. Um, and uh, we uh, wonder if you spotted the panda in every in every free frame. Or the yeti in the end. Oh, there was a yeti to spot as well. Yeah, I wonder if you spotted the yeti. Um, so um, we had fun doing that. And it was windy when we did it as well. And the figures kept falling over. Anyway, um, thank you, Emily. Well done. Um, now, uh, firstly, what do you think the word Hosanna means? So the people shouted out Hosanna in the highest heaven. What's, what does Hosanna mean? Anyone? Kids, any ideas? What do you think? It doesn't mean, yeah. Okay, so May says, it, does it mean praise the Lord? I can hear you now. Save us, yes. Uh, so Margaret, sorry, what did you say? Can you repeat what you said? Yeah. Save us. Save yeah. us, brilliant. Okay, and Olivia, did you say something as well? Because I missed what you said. Yeah, I said, was it a type of praise? Well, yes, okay, so good, good, good thoughts. That's what May thought as well, a type of praise. Yes, Hosanna means save us. So they weren't shouting, uh, really. I mean, they did shout, they did say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But they shouted out Hosanna in the highest heaven, Hosanna to the son of David. They were basically asking Jesus, save us. They recognized their need for rescuing um, and they wanted Jesus to be the one to save them. They liked him. They uh, had seen everything he had done um, and they wanted him. He was the one. He was the one that they were desperately seeking uh, to save them. Um, and so what we're going to do um, uh, today in our worship as well, we're going to lead straight on to our worship, is um, I would really like um, everyone's hearts to, to, to recognise that you need saving um, requires real humility. It requires you to totally recognise that you are not worthy, that you're not good enough to do this yourself um, and that you need Jesus. Um, and so uh, I would like us to humble our hearts this morning as we worship. And when we're singing, every song has got Hosanna in it. Um, and as you're singing Hosanna in the songs, I'd like you to, uh, to, to be like the people on Palm Sunday um, and to recognize that Jesus is the one who's going to rescue us, uh, that we 
can't do it. Um, and I want you to just cry out to Jesus this morning, save me in our worship. Before we do that, like roll up uh, your paper sort of with ways like this. And then get your sellotape, find the end. Stick your sellotape over the rolled up bit of paper to hold it in place. Doesn't have to be neat. Get your scissors. Cut down about halfway the length. And keep cutting so that you've got flaps like this. Doesn't have to be neat. And then you should be able to just pull one of the middle bits so that it sort of pulls up a little bit. And you've got yourself your palm branch. So what I'd like us to do before we um, start singing is everyone come off mute. And like we have a go at singing happy birthday, we're gonna have a go at singing, uh, at saying Hosanna to the son of David. Nice and loud, waving our palm branches. Is everyone ready? Okay, are we ready? <coughs> After three. <laughs> One, two, three. Should we try Hosanna in the highest heaven as well? Okay, let's worship um, God now. I'm going to do it from the keyboard. Um, so the words will come up for you to uh, read. Father God, I humble myself before you. I need rescuing. And you are the one I choose to rescue me. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, Lord Jesus. highest in the heaven. Kings of our kings. Amen. 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 In the Old Testament, the people uh, gave a wave offering. And as we were waving our palm branches, I was thinking of our palms. I don't know whether the word is the same, but actually your hands look a bit like palm branches. So if you want to, let's do this. Let's give a wave offering of thanks Amen. to our Saviour Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All put our hands up as, as you, I pray, I pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you. You came as a Saviour. You were humble, you rode on a donkey, and you came into your capital city. Lord, you come to us today, we're your city, we're the city of God. The new Jerusalem is your people. And here we are, Lord, we're giving you thanks. We're waving, Lord. Uh, Claire mentioned how we you wave to us and we wave to you. Thank you, Lord. Accept our praise and thanksgiving, being our wonderful saviour. Amen. 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 And you cried out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would want to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. And, and Lord, we long that we will follow you closer in these days. Amen. Yes, we we follow Jesus, our Saviour. Mm. As, as one of the old songs says, Yes, we will have this man 
to reign over us. Uh, he is worthy of all our praise and thanksgiving. He is the one worthy to be followed and worshipped and adored. He is the only saviour in whom we can trust. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can I just share something? Can you hear me? Yep. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just, the other day I, I was um, working over in Guildford and, um, you know, sometimes when you have a, um, a word from the Lord or something, uh, or some, something happens, you sort of can remember exactly where it was and what time of day it was and everything. And I was looking at these, um, I, I was just stopped by these traffic lights and noticed the daffodils popping up. And obviously I sort of, I just went into, I just went into to praise and thanksgiving to the Lord for, for the spring and for new life. You know, it was new life. And, um, and then as I sort of carried on down the road, I noticed this big oak tree or lime tree or something. I don't know what tree it was, but it had been really pruned back. And I just felt the Lord. And it was really this tree was sort of beautifully um, pruned and, and sort of upright. And I was just really in, just thanking the Lord that, um, you know, the ugly branches or the dead branches are cut off and thrown into the fire and, and um, what's left standing um, grows. And I just really felt um, encouraged by the Lord's saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting away the dead branches so that you can grow tall and upright and how I want you to be. And I just felt really blessed and encouraged. And I thought I'd just share that. I've got I've got another nature one um, <laughs> to share because I, I think uh, you know the Lord talks to us through through the countryside and through things like that and I was digging the allotment you'll hear lots of allotment talks because the allotment speaks to me of the Lord and um, there are bits that I'd dug last year because um, I started working it you know Jeffrey allowed me to work in his allotment very kind of him um and there were last year I, I i talked to you i think about all the bindweed and how that is just so ingrained in there and this year when i was digging the same bit um there was much less there and it's just a kind of a lesson you know is to keep keep our lives um tilled over and uh, refresh things and the weeds don't come up as much and it's like every day we need to refresh ourselves in the lord that we um we feel refreshed and um uh, don't let things stick in there don't let resentment build up don't let bitterness build up and dig out those little weeds and then it becomes easier and better and uh, our lives become richer because we dig in the good stuff into the soil and then god can plant stuff in there in our lives and uh, you know we can grow and, and be productive just just like Richard was saying you know to grow tall and strong get rid of those weeds get rid of those things those things that so easily beset us that hold us back uh, and uh, yeah it's just um, it's just great to, to keep things on rather than just let them go stale. Amen. Amen. Okay shall I hand back to you then Father. Thank you, daughter. Bit of a family affair today. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence amongst us. Uh, it's, it's Jesus in our midst who makes the difference, Lord. We, we, 
we would be nowhere without him and i thank you lord for every day i've walked with jesus and every day i'm going to walk with jesus thank you for today as i walk with him today what a faithful friend and savior and lord he is uh, thank you jesus we bless your heart thank you for your watch over our church we thank you lord for your faithful pruning uh your your, your the work of your spirit as we as we unclog our lives by your grace of the bindweed that binds us and lord you are working in our lives day by day you are at work in us what a faithful god you are thank you lord and you're making that changing us from, as it says in the scriptures from one degree of glory into another lord thank you lord we're on a journey we're we're making progress we're walking nearer and nearer to the fulfillment the the consummation of your great kingdom which one day we're going to enjoy in all of its fullness thank you lord uh, in the presence of the lord is fullness of joy thank you lord for the taste of your presence here and now and we look forward to the fullness of that presence in the days to come we bless you lord and thank you in jesus name amen amen uh just one or two notices uh, uh all should be familiar with these now on good friday we're meeting at 10 it's on zoom and we meet for a reflection together uh thank you to rob and to uh, jeanette who are are preparing uh for that to lead us on easter sunday we all meet together it will be an all-age gathering we've got a uh, as we did at Christmas, we've got a special, which uh, Justin will be uh, arranging for us. But we'll also have great opportunity to uh, worship and praise and give thanks uh, with all the, the great Easter songs and hymns. And um, uh, there is another thing that I'm going to share later, uh, which we will also be doing together on, on Easter Sunday morning. Uh, on the Tuesday following... Being the first Tuesday of the month, it's our monthly prayer gathering. So uh, just give you advance notice of that. Uh, unless anyone else has got any other news or notices that we need to share, uh, we'll pray for the children and those leading them as they uh, move to their groups. I'll just pause at that point. No. Going to ask Sue to pray, pray for the children. Yeah, thank you. Dear Lord, your your church is uh, all ages and uh, people from all nations, and here we are, Lord. And uh, so we pray for our children now, and ask that you'll bless them, encourage them, and teach them. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Yeah, thank you, Justin, and thank you to Kaz for leading our kids today well done kids we look forward to uh, seeing you back perhaps to, at, the, at the end
So good morning, everybody. We are looking at the uh, the next that number two in the series of, of journeyings, and we're looking at the this today. We're focusing on crossing the Red Sea, and so I'm going to invite Andy and then uh, Paul to read for us uh, from the chapter. Andy first, and then uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> just skip a little bit in the chapter and, and then over to Paul. So uh, here, here is the scripture that we are going to be focusing on. Andy. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have we done? Um, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then uh, the, the Lord speaks to Moses and instructs the Israelites to move on um, and instructs Moses to raise his staff over the sea and he gives this promise to them that he will um, harden the hearts of uh, that he will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and that they will go into the sea after them and that how the Lord will uh, get glory to his name when he destroys uh, the Egyptians uh, when they travel after them and uh, <clears throat> the angel of the Lord that had been leading the people uh, moved with the pillar of cloud and fire to the to the rear uh, to to make a protection between them, the people and the pursuing armies of the Egyptians, and uh, the, the and and they they waited through the night time, so God moved to bring this protection and then it was night and so they waited through the night and then in the morning Paul thank you if you can read on from verse 21 then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land the waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Thank you both very much. That was great. Thank you. <clears throat> I know some of you uh, might be interested. Um, just a bit of the geography of this. Um, if you look at most Bibles that have maps in the back uh, from an older generation, you will see uh, the, the traditional crossing place of the Red, uh, of, of their deliverance across the Red Sea is somewhere in this place just here. So the, the green sort of delta of the Nile, which you can see there, is the land of Goshen, where they were living. And then, as you can see, obviously, the, the more arid areas of the desert to the east. And, the, and in those days, um, there was what was called the Sea of Reeds between the Mediterranean and the, the northern branch of, of the Red Sea coming up. And um, so the traditional crossing place is somewhere uh, between Goshen and, and the desert here, very near actually where this great tanker at the moment is, is, is lodged, preventing <laughs> the world trade <laughs> to recommence. Um, <clears throat> if they use it as a bridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, however, if you Googled um, uh, Red Sea Crossing, uh, you would you would get a lot of references giving a different route because um, more, more more recently there's been um, people coming forward with the idea that maybe that the Red Sea Crossing was not here but uh, actually in that other uh, more easterly arm uh, the northern arm of the Red Sea uh, what's called the Gulf of Aqaba today and that they had crossed right across the desert uh, through a wadi that came out to this place, Nuweba, and that actually the, the, the traditional site of Mount Sinai, which is in what's called the Sinai Peninsula today, is in fact in what is modern-day Saudi Arabia. Now, I, 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 I'm, I'm a quite attracted to that idea. There is some evidence uh, to support it in the Bible. But nevertheless, I've also read some evidence the other way around. I really don't know. Um, it's just a, quite an interesting um, <clears throat> sort of uh, issue to discuss and think about. But if you want to take it further, I can point you to some, to some resources that give you 
uh, both sides of the argument. Okay. <clears throat> now, at this point, I want to uh, come back to our, uh, our... I want to come back to our <clears throat> connection with the, the story of the Red Sea. And I'm going to show you a brief video clip from... Um, of Andrew Wilson, uh, a local Eastbourne person, actually. And he is going to just give a little bit of background to the whole story of the Exodus and its context within the rest of the Bible. Oh, sorry, I'm going to have to stop at this point. The reason the Exodus story is uh, so partly because it is so foundational to the whole Old Testament. It's so clear. Now, can I just check? Are you getting the sound all right through that? You are. Fantastic. I wasn't sure because I'm not actually doing it by string, by the normal. Okay. I think the reason the Exodus story is so important is partly because it is so foundational to the whole Old Testament. It's so clear. To Israel's identity in the Bible, the Old Testament is really the story of Israel, and the Exodus story is the most formative narrative in the whole thing. It's like, this is, who are you, Israel? Oh, we are the people who God redeemed from Egypt. Who is God? He is the God who brought us out of Egypt. It's the way it's so central to the biblical understanding of who God is and of who God's people are. But it's also then hugely important to the way in which the New Testament writers, of course, who are mostly Jews themselves, tell the story of what Jesus has done and central to the way in which Jesus actually saves them. So it's not just an interesting detail about history. It's not just they came out, they redeemed by the Passover lamb, came out through the Red Sea, went on to the Promised Land, never never to be like um, repeated again. What happens is that story, the shape of going into slavery, experiencing difficulty and suffering, being rescued, often with blood, often overnight, coming out of water and then to a place of safety and inheritance, is a way in which the whole Bible tells that story multiple times, both before Exodus and Genesis, and right the way through into the end of the Bible, genuine Revelation, and certainly the Gospels. And so the Exodus is crucial because it both defines Israel's story, but also defines the way in which the New Testament present the story of Jesus and say, this is what God has done for you. And even to this day, when we take the Lord's Supper, or we baptize a person, or we disciple a person, or we preach the Gospel, or we talk about this, we are doing Exodus-like things. We're saying, echoes this meal that they had and baptism echoes this experience they had through the sea and this your future hope is based like theirs was on reaching a land flowing with milk and honey the whole story of the christian life is effectively an exodus story in a different key and so it's massive to understanding the old testament but it's massive to understanding everything that scripture is telling us about what jesus has done and who we are Okay, and I was glad to come across that clip because it just wanted to reinforce, first of all, what we, uh, why we are doing uh, this this journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, and how absolutely foundational it is to understanding God's purposes with His people. It also confirms the particular focus that I would like to bring today, as we look at the the account of the crossing of the Red Sea and to pick up something that Andrew Wilson said and uh, bring a, a, a New Testament reference uh, to 
the, the Red Sea crossing, which links the narrative of their coming out of Egypt through the Red Sea into their new experience with God with baptism. So I'm going to go back to uh, share my screen again to our PowerPoint and just show you this scripture from 1 Corinthians. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul, it, he has a different purpose than us today. He's, he's, he's wanting to, uh, to warn uh, the Corinthian people from drifting away from their original commitment to Christ. They started well, but now they're falling apart and drifting away. And he's wanting to warn them about this. And, and part of his story is to say, don't be like the Israelites uh, who went back to worshipping idols after they came out of Egypt. He's saying, don't, don't be like them. But at the beginning of that little section, he says this, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There's a very clear connection in the scriptures between the the people of Israel, as exactly as Andrew said, the, the Passover meal, which speaks so much of what Christ has done for us, which we remember in the Lord's Supper, then the going through the Red Sea, which speaks to us of our baptism. And I want to remind us today, and I want us to remind ourselves, all of us, of our baptism. Now, there may be some here today who have not yet been baptised. Don't, don't worry, don't switch off at this point. I hope you will find this helpful. Um, but what I want to do right now is I want us to go into uh, some breakout rooms. I'm going to uh, put us into breakout rooms. And I want you briefly to share with one another. Just go back to your baptism. Tell, tell, tell the other folks just the context of it, the, 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 you know, where you were and, 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 and so on. And just give one thing, one thing that stands out to you from when you were baptised. Uh, if you're one of those folks that haven't yet been baptised, obviously, don't worry at all. Just listen to what the others share and I trust it will be helpful. Uh, to you. So I'm just going to go into breakout rooms. Uh, I'm not going to get feedback or report back, but I hope that it was uh, useful, helpful, interesting uh, for you to share uh, your stories uh, with one another. <clears throat> so what I want to do now is just to go through 
links between the Red Sea experience of the Israelites and our experience when we were <laughs> or would be baptized. What, how, how do we make the links? So here, here are going to be six things. So you can count them down. Okay. <clears throat> First of all, for the Israelites, uh, it was a massive act of national, corporate, and individual repentance. Uh, baptism starts with walking away from your old life. And that's what they did. Their old life of slavery in Egypt, they all got up and walked away. They, they did it in haste because they, they needed to. But as a nation, they did that. But every family did it too. Every individual did it. They weren't forced to. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Maybe um, some of them did stay behind. But by and large, as a whole nation, they up and left their old life. That's what we do when we're baptized. We are, is it worth saying, I am now, it, it's the, the word repentance isn't just, it is about turning away from sin in my life and, and turning away from the wrong things that I, I do and I practice and saying, I don't want to go down that wrong route any longer. I don't want to live for myself any longer i want to live for jesus from now on it is that decision but actually it's it's the total walking away from my old life into a new life that god has ready for me that's what you did when you were baptized the interesting thing is is they took all their flocks and their herds and their kneading troughs uh, they went with their children and their families and and they all walked out together um and that's and it's not we don't leave everything behind we leave our old life our old way of life behind and we bring our stuff and our relationships and we bring them we bring them through the waters of baptism too so their flocks and their herds went with them through the water that they, they crossed the sea with them their children crossed the sea with them they were all baptized together in to the new thing that god had with them but they were all walking away from their old way of life so that's the first thing that baptism is all about now they were tempted to return weren't they you know we, we read from the passage how they they were already complaining and saying oh moses why have you led us here well we, we were we were saying it we we'll be better off in egypt um and it's always that tug, that tug to go back to the old. And maybe you still even feel that tug to go back to the old today. But I want to tell you this. When you're baptized, there's no going back. There's, God will make sure. God will make sure there's no going back for you. Secondly, it was a victory over the enemy. Uh, have, did you notice in, in the narrative how uh, so much um, part of the narrative was not just rescuing them and bringing them through the sea. It was the defeat 
of Satan, the defeat of the enemy, the Egyptians. And of course, they represent for us the defeat of Satan. When you were baptized, it was a massive blow to the enemy and his kingdom. Um, it, it, and sometimes it, it will be contested. You know, it, 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 it's a big step to be baptized. The enemy doesn't want you to take this step. Uh, it isn't just a symbolic thing. When, when you get baptized, something happens in the heavenly realms. And uh, I, I illustrate that. I mean, I can remember years ago when we had uh, a student from uh, local, um, I think it was called, still called Chelsea College in those days. And um, she, she, <laughs> rah, rah, rah from Jeanette there. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and, and she came to the Lord and um and she joined the christian union and she went back home and her parents seemed quite happy you know oh oh that's nice you know that's lovely you've got some nice new friends and uh you know i'm sure it's good for you and so on. then one day she went back home and she said to them uh i'm going to get baptized wow didn't the balloon go up then how the reaction from the family oh you you're taking this far too seriously. It's a cult you're getting into. You know, um, don't you? You can't be too serious about this. And <clears throat> how the enemy uh, sees the step of baptism and how he contests it. Uh, so when they came through and they saw the the Egyptians defeated dead on the shore that's like what happens after you come out of the water if you came out of the waters of baptism if you come out of the waters of baptism it's like you can look back and say yah sucks boo to you satan i'm i belong to jesus now never going back thirdly it was a real act of faith on their part did you notice at the end um, of the the passage that we read together it says this and when the israelites saw the great power that the lord displayed against the egyptians the people feared the lord and put their trust in him and in moses his servant interesting just as an aside here how moses is like uh, we use this term uh, about people in the Old Testament sometimes. He's a type, uh, a, a model, if you like, of Christ himself. Did you notice in that reference in Corinthians, it says they were baptized into Moses, which sounds a bit strange to us. We think, what? Baptized into Moses? Well, I think the best way to understand that is to see how they were baptized into Moses, who was like a model, a type of Christ. Um, and so they put their trust in Moses, as well as putting their trust in the Lord. And so when we are baptized, it is a massive step of faith. We say goodbye to the old. We're saying hello to the new. But we don't really know what the new has for us ahead as they stood on the eastern shore 
of the Red Sea. They looked back over where they'd come from. And then they turned around and looked forward to where they were going. It was like, oh, my goodness me, whatever next. And that's how it is when we're baptized. We don't know what the future is. You know, you can look back over your life since you were baptized and you can, I'm sure for many of you to say, well, I would never, ever have written the script that has happened in my life since I was baptized. But you can say this for certain, God has led me and I'm where I am today by his grace and by the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. So when we're baptized, we take this massive step of faith into the new that God has for us. Um, I'm going to share another screen with you at the moment for the next point, which is number four. Okay, we'll just read that scripture in a moment. The, the next point is this, is that their baptism was a massive unifying act. They all passed through the sea together. Now, some may have thought, well, I might try and get a boat. Uh, and some may have fancifully thought, well, maybe we could swim across. But actually... They all walked through the parted waters that God uh, made together. Um, and here, baptism is the same. What baptism does, it unites you and me and all the family of God together as one people. For you are all sons of God, says Paul, through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. When they pass through the sea, uh, Moses didn't get a special air passage across. He walked through with them. So did Aaron. So did all the tribal leaders. And so did the lowest servant and the littlest child. They all passed through together. Sorry, let's get rid of that. Back to our... Point five. So we are all baptized into Christ. As they were baptized, it says they were baptized in the Red Sea into Moses. We actually are baptized and united with Christ himself. We are baptized into him. And uh, sorry, I, I really need to go back to my PowerPoint. Sorry about this.
So I showed a picture there of Jesus's baptism. Here is Jesus baptized as we were, and he's coming up out of the water. Now, if we are baptized into Christ, then when he was baptized, we were baptized with him. And what happened after Jesus came out of the water? He heard something, didn't he? He heard that the dove, uh, the spirit came down and, and descended on him and, uh, and anointed him uh, like a dove. And then a voice from heaven came. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, use a little bit of spiritual imagination here. When we were baptized into Christ, it was as though we were with him in his baptism. When he came out of the water, it's as though we came out of the water with him. So what's the voice that we hear? What is the voice speaking to you today? You are my beloved child, says the Father in heaven. With you, I am well pleased. How wonderful is that? When we are united with Christ, we become heirs with him together. We are one with him. We are sons and daughters of the living God in Christ Jesus. Point six. We're getting there. And perhaps this is the most important one. Wherever you hear the story of the Exodus and the crossing of the Red Sea mentioned in the scriptures. It's always mentioned as a divine, sovereign act and initiative of God. It was God who did it. Years back, he, he had said to Moses, I have come, I have heard the cry of the people and now I am going to come down to rescue my people. They didn't save themselves. They could not rescue themselves. They could not provide their own Passover. They could not provide the Passover lamb that would, whose blood would shed uh, for them. That was speaking of the spiritually of the lamb of God who was going to take away the sins of the world. The, 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 the lamb, the ram, uh, that, Mo, uh, that Abraham had, the lamb that was provided for the people of Israel, and the lamb of God, Jesus himself, is God's provision for our salvation. It was God who brought them out of Egypt. It was God who opened up the Red Sea for them. It was God that led them towards their new hope and the promised land. It was a, 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 a sovereign, divine act that's the case with each one of us brothers and sisters god 
has intervened in our lives to save us, to rescue us, to bring us out of the old, to bring us into fellowship with himself and with his dear son. So uh, let's remember that. And just as when we passed through the waters of baptism, we were baptized with Christ. Just as the people passed through the Red Sea and the waters of the Red Sea came back over the uh, over the sea again uh, and they were able to look back as they also look forward let's know this for certain that god when he saves us he saves us completely he he does the work in now we have to we have to respond of course the people had to get up and leave egypt they had to when the seas opened before them they had to walk through when you were baptized you had to get up out of your seat and walk to the, the, the baptism pool or what the sea or the river or wherever it was you had to walk into those waters yes of course we are participants in this we are willing participants in this but it's god who does the saving and Let's rejoice in that, that we in our cell, in our baptism, something happened in the defeats of Satan, but also something happened in heaven uh, when it was as though the, the deal was settled. Uh, the issue was done. Another child of God in the kingdom forever. So hallelujah. I'm going to bring it to a close now. But I just want to say this next week, next Sunday, we are going to take the opportunity to renew our baptism vows. And uh, I'm going to send out during the week um, uh, an attachment, which hopefully you'll be able to download and look at, which will give you a little bit of um, background to this. It will all the things that we want to say together next Sunday will be written there so that you can read it in advance. Don't want to spring this on anybody. Um, we want you to be able to prepare your heart in advance for this opportunity for all of us together to renew our baptism bells together. I want to speak specifically to people who may have been baptized as a child but have not been baptized by immersion as an adult. Don't think this does not apply to you. Uh, there is much in this that you will be able to share in as well. So please, um, I mean, we are a Baptist church. We encourage people to be baptized by immersion. You know, that, that we, that, that's, um, that's in plain sight. Um, but nevertheless, we don't want to rule out uh, of this experience people who were baptized as a child on this occasion. Uh, if you have not yet been baptized, then again, there is much in this that you will also be able to participate in. It may perhaps prompt you to think about whether you should be baptized. And, and we would say uh, good for that. Um, but please don't think you're excluded from this next week.
because you've not yet been baptized. And, and the notes that will come with it will explain to you um, how you might participate as well. So uh, please be expecting this over the next uh, uh, week or two, uh, sorry, in the next week, rather, the next few days, next day or two. And um, I trust that this will be a rich time for us all together. And I, I feel personally it could be uh, significant for us as a church um you know we we're all we've come through this year together uh, which has been a strange year um we we have to do this weird stuff of meeting together on zoom sunday by sunday and we've, we've had to cope with all sorts of other restrictions in our lives and now uh, from a human point of view there's hope on the horizon with vaccinations and, and and lockdown being lifted gradually and so on and so on and so on so this could be a really good and appropriate moment for us to as you like do a, a spiritual reset as a church as we look forward to uh, the, the days to come together so leave that with you Please expect an email in your inbox over the next couple of days, uh, which will explain it. Please, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, if you're not certain about anything, don't just sort of, uh, you know, press it down or, or, or try and shrug it off. Get in touch with us, chat it through so that you can be uh, a part of this as much as is possible. Um, we won't take questions on that right now, um, but uh, as I say, if you, if you do have questions on that, please do uh, get in touch with, with one of the leadership team uh, about that. I think that is probably all I have to share this morning. Um, I think we will go open mic uh, if anyone wants to just, if anyone's got anything that God has spoken to them about, I can see a hand from Jeanette. Um, if anyone else, Andy, I think is going to share something. So let's um, let's just hear from one another a little bit as a follow up to all that we've been sharing about now. Thank you, Jeanette. Yes, thank you, Martin. That was great. Um, the thought came to me when you shared the uh, the map, and of course they came from Goshen, and Goshen was an incredibly fertile area, the most fertile area of Egypt. Um, and you look at the stark contrast that when they crossed the sea, it was nothing but desert. So they went from this greenery, this sense of um, abundance to apparent lack. And um, sometimes that can feel like that in our Christian walk. It's like, this is really hard. I remember before I was a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And, and of course, you know, the Israelites say, well, we had celery, we had garlic, we had, and of course they overlook the fact that they were slaves. They merely look at circumstances physical circumstances rather than actually identity and everything. And I think we could be tempted to do the same. Um, and that's why we must keep pursuing. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And of course there was the promise of, it, it wasn't going to be desert, desert, desert forever. 
there, there was always the promise and the hope of, of the land that God was going to be leading them into. Yeah. I think, Andy, did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, likewise, uh, Jeanette, thank you very much. That was that was excellent. Good, sound, solid, like the ground they walked on. Um, every time I read that, I'm always um, about the passage that um, uh, Paul read, the, the second passage, where it talks about the Egyptians. Um, you would see them no more. They couldn't pass through the Red Sea, just their bodies were being washed up on the shores. And that, that always reminds me of that just as Pharaoh couldn't go through the Red Sea, or any of these, these minions, these soldiers, so Satan couldn't pass through the waters of baptism. He couldn't go through and drag people back from the kingdom of God, so to speak, back into Egypt. Um, the only people that can actually physically go back into Egypt is ourselves when we decide we want to do it. Um, and the point I'm making is that, you know, that Satan can't, can't follow us through the baptism waters and then drag us back to Egypt. It's uh, if we go back to Egypt, it's because we do it ourselves and when we're tempted and we go back. And so often throughout, the, especially the Old Testament, the encouragement is do not go back to Egypt. Do not go back to Egypt. Um, so we can't be forced to go back to Egypt, but we can certainly, um, uh, we can certainly of our own volition, wander back that way. That, that, that's why uh, when, I, when I read that passage, that's what I think of. Thank you. Thank you. Martin, there's... Um... Uh, one interesting comparison Andy mentioned, they went on to dry, solid ground. Well, if you compare that with 40 years later, when they crossed the Jordan, there's a difference. Um, uh, because in the case of crossing the Red Sea, the Lord blew all night and dried the land, uh, the route across the, across the Red Sea. But 40 years later, yeah. when they come to the Jordan, the priests have to carry the ark and the soles of their feet yeah. have to be in the river before the Lord parts the way. And I, I think that actually that required a lot more faith yes. because they could have looked very stupid with the ark standing with their feet in the water. And I think that Sometimes it, it, it's an example that, that after 40 years of walking with the Lord, he, he calls us to something that requires a bit more faith this time yeah. than when we first went through yeah. the waters of baptism. Yes, yes, he was merciful the first time. He opened it up before them first, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. And, that, and sometimes it, it can feel like the Christian life gets harder, but actually it, it's not. It's just that God is just growing our faith and stretching our faith. That's right. That's it. Yes. Yeah. yes. It seems to me that the, um, the present day situation isn't so much coming out of Egypt. It is going into the promised land. <laughs> and we're having difficulty doing that. We're having difficulty to accepting the promised land. Where is it? You know, we don't know who's there. Well, some people do, some people don't. But so we mm. need to go back, as you say, Jeffrey, to the Jordan and go through <laughs> into the promised land of what God is doing now. Mm. Um, 
we're coming out of Egypt, our spiritual Egypt and pagan Egypt. I think it's um, interesting, Jeffrey, really interesting what you said there, because um, when when they had to walk into the water, didn't they, before the water even began to recede, and um, it was ceded to a town called Adam, which was 19 miles away. So, so when we do a step of faith, God doesn't just, like, leave a bit of a puddle that that was actually parted by 19 miles from where they stood yeah yeah these little interesting facts from scripture which uh, we can sometimes overlook when you dig into it there's so much more yeah okay Let's uh, draw it to a close. We, I have a prayer that we can pray together. Um, um, okay, if you could be muted, everybody, um, and uh, uh, we'll we'll just pray this uh, blessing, which comes from Hebrews, uh, uh, together over ourselves as we uh, look forward to the coming week. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip us with every good that we may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a good week. Hope to see you, uh, some of you anyway, on Friday. And then uh, rejoicing together on Easter Sunday. Uh, the Lord go with you this week. For those of you that are at work, may the Lord be with you at work this week and uh, give you all the strength. Those that have got families to look after, the Lord give you strength and wisdom. Uh, those with health issues, may the Lord sustain you and heal you. Uh, just God bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen.